What is up, bros? Anybody care to lax? Welcome back to the Crease Dive. Today is Friday, March 15th, and not a single damn team in the nation wants to be number one overall. I am Jordy from Barstool, and with me again, we've got CMS on the mic. Call me Shido on Twitter. Uh, Jake, how you feeling this week, buddy? Feeling pretty good. Uh, crazy weekend on lacrosse, so... I mean, let's just, let's get in. Let's get right into it. Let's let's dive right in. Yeah, crazy weekend and uh, you know, crazy start of the week here as well. Um, you know, but obviously the the biggest uh, the biggest news, I guess, would be another number one team in the nation going down already this year. I mean, the season's like just over a month old, and we are now on our fourth number one team in the nation so you know yale starts us off they are you know coming in as as defending champs so they start off the season number one they go down to villanova and overtime their first game of the year see ya uh stepping in next was uh was, was loyola they come in they play towson in a midweek game get destroyed by the tigers see ya Tigers take over for number one after a nice little win over Loyola. Uh, so they were in Charlotte for that, the crown classic crown, whatever that event wants to be called. We're going to get a little bit into that soon here. Um, but so, you know, they, they start off their weekend with a nice little win over Jacksonville and then they get torched by Jeff T Clark Peterson and the Cornell big red. So down goes Towson and uh, yeah. So, so now, Number one overall, the Penn State Nittany Lions. And, uh, you know, fortunately for them, they don't play another game until the 23rd, and that's against Cleveland State. No offense, Cleveland State, but, like, that's a win for the Nittany Lions. Um, and then, you know, their first real test as the number one team in the nation won't be until March 31st when they play against Maryland. So it looks like we should probably have one team stay in that number one spot for, for a little bit here, but... I mean, this is just a, a recurring theme across college lacrosse where if if you're number one in the nation, you're probably going to have a bad time. Like, what what do you think that's all about there, Jake? Um, you know, it seems to me like, uh, you know, I guess it's a I, I'm not I'm not quite familiar with how the coaches poll work, but I think it's a coaches poll works. Um, but I think the coaches just kind of uh, sit around there and throw darts at a board and uh, whoever gets fucking you know, the most amount of darts gets to be number one and it really doesn't matter. So now you have to think like, do rankings even matter anymore? Now we're getting to the realm of like, what even matters? You know, very existential crisis for lacrosse rankings right now. And if you, I if think, you think about it, like the world, the world's going to end one day. So like, that's right. None of it you know, matters. Like, but Yeah, honestly, nothing matters. But um, I don't I know what did matter this weekend was uh, Clark. Now, is it Peterson or Pedersen? Because two T's to me means a long T sound, but I don't give a fuck. Because Bro had eight goals. Yeah, so I mean, there's there's a hockey player who plays for the Canucks. He's Swedish, and he's Elias Pettersson. Um, but okay. I, I but I feel like if you're Canadian, I I, I would still say Peterson. Um, either way, you know what, it, Clark, if you're if we got if you're if you're listening right now, bro, like please tweet one of us. Like we we need to know. Also, um. You know, I hope you got to do some cryotherapy or something like that after all the sex you had after having eight goals against number one team in the nation. That's just that's ridiculous. That's stupid. 
that, you know, that shouldn't have happened. It wasn't even like, you know, a close game for number one, for like the Loyola Towson game. It was just an ass kicking. Like, yeah. And, and what, what, what are, what was Towson supposed to do? Um, I mean, even, oh, well, yeah. I mean, the thing is like, so when you have a player like Jeff T out there who can just dish and dish and dish and dish, um, you know, it, it's going to be, you know, I think that like we could go out there with Jeff T and like maybe have like two goals each. For sure. Um, but you know, so for, for a guy like Clark Peterson, I mean, they, they've played, uh, you know, box together. They're a couple, just a couple good old Ontario boys. Um, so, you know, they have the chemistry there. They've been doing it for a couple seasons here. I mean, Clark's a senior Jeff T junior. Um, so, I mean, the chemistry is obviously there. So what was Towson supposed to do? I, I guess just like pray, like I get like, that's pretty much like what you have to do against an offense like Cornell has is you just have to pray that they're having like a little bit of an off day. Um, you know, on Penn state, they were able to handle them on that, that Friday night game in, in Charlotte. So that was a 1913 win for Penn state. Um, so like, yeah, ba- basically like you just have to, the only way to beat them not defensively. Like you just have to have an offense that fucking slaps um, and, and hope that you can like just outlast them in that sprint there. Um, but yeah, I mean the fact though that, you know, we're now on our fourth number one team in the country and, and the season's only like a month old. Um, like I, I just, I wouldn't want to be number one. Cause like, I, I feel like like as soon as you get that ranking, that means that you're going down in your next one, two, three games like everyone's gunning for you um the gap between the best teams in the nation and like those like middle tier like rank like 20 to 40 maybe even like push that to like 50 like that gap is shrinking just because so many more kids are playing lacrosse and like all across the country so and in canada so like teams are just bringing in nastier 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 recruits like from everywhere um so I, so I guess, uh, you know, parody is, is the word that you would use yeah. there. Um, so like, like if, if I'm, if, if I'm a, a team right now, like I'm like petitioning myself to like, I, we could be undefeated. Like I think Ohio state has it made right now because they're undefeated. Now they haven't really like beaten anyone like that great. I will, um, but you know, I think they're like, they're six and oh right now and they're still ranked like number nine. Um, like that's kind of what you want to be. Like you want to be a team that's buzzing, but that the media doesn't fuck up your shit. Um, yeah, Cleveland State, Boston, UMass, Bucknell, Marquette, Hofstra. So like those are all like decent wins. Like they'll have a bigger test this coming weekend when they play against Denver. But like I'd rather be undefeated and rank like ninth in the country um, rather than the media coming in and and just destroying my shit by by making me number one and it like. Anywhere from like four to ten, like that. That's pretty much that's that's the money shot right there. Yeah, it's a good cruising altitude, like number nine, six and zero. Oh, you're like kind of under the radar. You know, you're not you're not you know making too many waves. Like everybody's you know nobody's out to get you or anything like that. It's a, it's 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 a solid ranking. Nine, you know, eleven is where eleven's like per, that's a perfect number right there. Eleven. No, yeah, because like not, a, you're not threatening. Because like eleven, like you're you're getting into the tournament. And like once you're in the tournament, all you got to do is just win some games. Like I, f- I feel like people forget that. Like literally, all you have to do in the tournament is win games. Like it's that easy. Um, but yeah, so yeah, it, I just again Penn, Penn State, so they'll they'll have it 
for a while here just because, you know, they, they have an off week this weekend. Um, they don't play again until next weekend against Cleveland State, then Maryland. So that'll be, a, you know, a nice little test in the Big Ten. Um, but, yeah, like I, I just I wouldn't want to be number one. Not not until like Memorial Day when that poll comes out, Memorial Day Monday when the season's over. Like that's the only time you should want to be number one. That's true. Well, we might see we might see uh, Penn State throw up a, a a solid thirty on Cleveland State. You never you never know. You know, Grant Amit uh, had what eight assists, nine assists last weekend. Um, yeah, however it, many points like you're allowed to have in a lacrosse game, I think he had them. Yeah, he he definitely had them. He's probably a super generous lover in the bedroom too. So you know, just as generous as he is on the field. So ladies, I'm sure you're reaping the benefits of that. Yeah, it's it's always it's always important to uh, you know be be a giver as well. It pays off in the long run. Um, now, a team that that they're not in the top twenty right now, so they don't necessarily need to worry about getting hit with that number one curse. But a, a team that is is just out here turning heads all over the place, the Utah Utes. So they uh, so so when I, I guess. Oh. <laughs> yeah Ma- Maisie's Maisie my dog's fired up about the Utes as well so if you hear her there but so Utah they go down they play against Duke so that's a that's a Tuesday night game uh, I believe it was coach Janowski's birthday too so um, you know they 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 went in there and this was a believe it was a 7-7 game at halftime Utah a first year D1 program going up against Duke one of the perennial powerhouses of college across and they have them seven, seven and a half. And it like, wasn't even like, like realistically it should have been seven, six because uh, Duke scored with like two seconds left before the half. And, and it was a, a Joe Robertson, like just a lob from a, uh, from like midfield that ended up hitting off someone's helmet and went in to, to tie up the game right before halftime. Um, now granted the, the games kind of, took a turn in the second half there. I think coach Janowski, uh, he, he went into the locker room and, and said, Hey, listen the fuck up boys. It's my birthday and you assholes are ruining it right now. Um, so if you don't figure your shit out, like I'm going to end your life. So, uh, you know, Janowski went into the locker room, took care of business and, and then Duke kind of pulled away there in the second half. That was a 17, 11 final, but for Utah, man, seven, seven at halftime, Jimmy Perkins, a fucking stud. Now, people are going to say this is Jimmy Perkins' coming out party. They're wrong. So the kid had five goals and an assist against Duke this week. So, like, it was his biggest game of the year. But this is a kid, he put up 31-30 and 30 last year for, for Bobby Moe. And he had three goals in that uh, in that first-round matchup against Maryland. So, like, like Utah, they, they have studs, and they have the ability to keep up with these top teams it like historically top teams in college across and they're a first year program if i'm any other like newish program that like still hasn't figured out my shit yet like i'm looking at at utah and i'm saying like yo chill the fuck out because you're making us look terrible i mean they've got the they've got everything you're looking for like um i, I don't know if you've seen their facility their facilities are pretty much brand new 
Um, I mean, the view I've seen pictures, kids tweet pictures who go to Utah. Like it's fucking insane. It's beautiful I, up there. I would, I would like to, I would love to go there and just be, just be like a, just a guy who rides the pine. But like, like when you ride the pine, like you can bring your, your phone out to like practice. Cause you're not getting in any of the drills except for exactly. like stick drills and shit like that. Um, so like, you know, the boys are like working six on six or man up, man down. Like you'd like take your phone out in the middle of practice. You're probably getting like the perfect sunset right around that time like, no doubt. like i'd be a huge on the field instagram guy um if if i was over at utah and just could like sit the bench and just snap nasty pics because the facilities are fucking like i mean it, it's it's literally it's like made for instagram i mean it, absolutely and like these kids are probably going to build up a, a solid following base and then go on to be like you know like work fitness instagrams or something like that i don't i don't fucking know but uh, Utah has got a bunch of guys from – there's actually four or five kids from Atlanta. So shout out uh, um, Holman doing some recruiting from Atlanta. Uh, they also started building this program, I think, pretty sneakily uh, with the Utah club, you know, they because they were MCLA before. Um, so I, I think they kept some guys from the club team. You know, I would have hated <laughs> – I would have hated to be a guy who's like, hey, man, I just want to like chill and play club. And then you just get fucking cut like right before they're about to go D1. Like, sorry, uh, we're bringing in like these some of the best. We're bringing some of the best coaches and cross players, you know, ever to walk the fucking earth. And uh, sorry about your chill. You know, your, your little chill zone you had going on here. You need to fuck off now. And I'm sure they still have like a club program or something like that. But like or maybe it's intramural, but I don't know, you know, that fits. But it's cool, though. It's really cool. So now you've got like, you know, this burgeoning program that uh, is, I'm sure, you know, going to try to compete with Denver in, you know, snatching up these Canadians and like, you know, try to become a real powerhouse. Yeah, they're a little behind, obviously, you know, Denver with their national championships and whatnot. But I mean, it's a cool option. Like, hey, maybe I don't want to go, you know, maybe I don't. Man, if you're good enough for if you're good enough to go to play at Denver, I'd probably, you'd probably pick another school over Utah. But you know what I mean? Like, hey, 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 it's like you know, I, I, maybe, it, maybe I pick Utah because I want to, you know, in, in three years I want to help build a program or something like that. So well, and, you know, and it's like, cool. And like the thing, like you have to imagine that more Pac-12 schools are on the way. So like Oregon, calling yeah. it right now, Oregon. I mean, fucking filthy uniform setups at so Oregon. Much. Um, but like. So like, but think about the head start that they already have. Like if, you know, Pete, like kids are going to see, Hey, like, you know, Utah can already hang with, with Duke in the first half there. Um, they're four and four right now. I mean, they'll probably end the season. I mean, they still have like a bunch of like, like real solid matchups coming up here, but like, I would not be surprised if they end the season above 500. Um, so, you know, not like, not only do they get like, these these transfers like a kid like jimmy perkins coming in from from robert morris um you know and then they also have you know utah native like josh stout um you know kid i think he's he's got at least close to 30 goals right now he had seven alone against mercer um but like you know now like you're gonna so eventually like the pac-12 is gonna be lacrosse conference um you know i don't know how long that's gonna take but like they've got a head start right now. And like when PAC 12 has lacrosse, like that's what, you know, that's some shit that people are going to want to watch. You know, it's going to be those, those nice little, those like later starts of the day. Um, you know, you could have the majority of the game starting at like 12 or one on a Saturday. Um, but at PAC 12, they won't get going until like 
four or five. So people are going to be watching and Utah is, is going to be keeping the eyeballs because they've just been, they've, they've just been fucking balling out so far in their first year. Yeah, man, you're going to get, um, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be crazy. You're going to get, you know, like prime time lacrosse games at, you know, eight to 10 o'clock. Like, you know, you stay up and watch the fucking Lakers or whatever at 10 o'clock. And it's like, no, nah, I can watch Oregon and Utah play or something like that. That'll be, that'll be fun. That'll be interesting. You know, and, uh, I don't know. It's, it's exciting to see that, uh, you know, Duke, Duke's, the wheels are starting to grease and it, it's the locomotive is starting to chug. You know, I think that I, I think we could see Duke in some serious playoff form soon, which is scary. Um, they've kind of thrown everything together pretty quickly and they're gelling right now. Yeah. Gelling. I Usually it, it takes a little longer. So like, you know, they had that, they dropped that one game to high point, but like high point was just, a wagon at that time they were buzzing through anybody that they would see um and like that that was the point where you know i was like all right like this is like duke's mo like they're gonna drop a couple of these games here um you know i wouldn't have been surprised to see them go down to a team like uh like richmond or something like that but yeah they i mean they've strung together one two three like six wins since that high point loss um now obviously danowski was gonna want to win on his birthday but like i i've feel like eventually here i mean they've got towson coming up this weekend like i feel like Danowski, he's been through this so many times where he's gonna want at least one more loss on the season um before they get into to playing in the tournament and shit like that because like you it's still a little too early to just be buzzing mm-hmm. through teams like you, you kind of need like one more one more loss then you can like turn it back around and gear yourself up until, you know, through May. Um, so yeah, their, their next games coming up here at Towson, Syracuse. Well, yeah, Towson. And then they get into their, uh, ACC play. So yeah, I, I would, I would definitely see them drop in one more game, especially cause they're not going to want to get too close to that number one ranking. Um, but yeah, I mean, strategically they'll probably, you know, throw a game. I mean, it's, it's, it's what's it's the best it's what, option. It's what sets the, the best coaches apart from like very good coaches, like guys like Danowski who will throw a couple games here just to make sure that his team isn't peaking too early. Um, coaches like Tierney who will throw the, the big East tournament just to get another team in there with the AQ. Um, so, you know, it's, it's the, it's, it's a mental game and you know, these guys do it best. Uh, but yeah, a team that is that is buzzing right now and has earned themselves that number one ranking. I would imagine for the first time in program history, the Penn State Nittany Lions. And with us right now on the podcast to talk about Penn State being number one, we have former Penn State goaltender Austin Cout coming to us from Springfield, Delaware County, the greatest public school in all of the world uh and he also currently plays with the florida launch but i think he's uh he, he probably put springfield penn state launch up there but yeah let's kick it over to austin cow all right and with us right now this is uh this has been a long time coming but we've got former goaltender of the Penn State University uh, coming out of Springfield Delco in 
Pennsylvania. We've got Austin Cout on the line. Sparks, great to have you here, buddy. And how you doing? Jordy Bear, Barstool Jordy, what's going on, man? Doing well. Uh, it's been a long time coming. It's about time you get me on this place. Yeah, I mean, listen, like, no offense, it's nothing personal to you. It's just like I hate all goalies because my entire lacrosse playing career has been ruined by goalies. So I'm I'm almost positive. I'll, I'll need to, like, look back, but I'm almost positive that you're the first goalie that we've had on here. So congratulations for that. I really take that as an honor. I mean, I, I would kind of maybe take it back to even a step further to say I apologize for starting off your hard career in our – days in Springfield youth lacks of not letting you score and taking it to the house. Yeah, I would, I would say that my, my entire playing career, I've had zero confidence as, <laughs> as a goal scorer because I'd have to go up against you and practice and I would up hitting, hitting your feet about 50 times a day. I'd, I'd maybe like, I'd maybe get one or two goals in when a backup would go in during practice. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, I, I appreciate that, but, uh, but but now now look at us here. You know you're you're on the crease dive as the first ever goalie. So it's uh, full circle. Yeah, I love it. Well, I mean, I'll give you the little trick to that too as well. I mean, always wear two sizes too big in shoes. You throw the extra socks in there, and then you get those extra couple inches in there and make those saves. Yeah, I've always known that you were a shady bastard like that. <laughs> Absolutely, but, uh, the only way to get things done. Yeah. Well, speaking of getting things done. The main reason why we have you on here right now, because your former Penn State Nittany Lions, the boys are buzzing right now. Number one in the nation. And uh, so, I, I mean, as as a proud alumna, how does that feel? Uh, it's it's great. It's been a, it's been a hard work of coming. I mean, Coach Tamboni um, has done an excellent job of recruiting and bringing in the top guys of each class. And, um, it, it's great to be a part of that and kind of have laid that foundation and, and the hard work that we put in, in our time there. Um, as I was going there, I was actually, uh, committed to the old coaches and then they happened to retire and move on. And coach Tamboni happened to inherit my class as a freshman class. And, um, it was, it was a great experience to have him as our coach and, he helped us grow to become what we are today, and I give him a lot of credit to where I am at in my career today. And um, it's great to see those guys feeling themselves, playing with heart and passion, the grit that it takes to be blue collar, and at the same time have a little fun out there. Yeah, um, well, you know, we'll, we'll we'll talk about those guys in a minute there because I mean, anytime you can talk about Granamet and Mac O'Keefe, I'm down. Um, but you know, so you go there and, and it's, so you're, you're the beginning of Tambroni's era there in happy Valley. Um, you, you help get the boys to the tournament, tough loss to, to Yale that, that, uh, that one tournament appearance that you had there. Um, but like growing up like Penn state lacrosse, it was like, I don't really know like how many people like took it like too seriously, like while we were still in high school, middle school, stuff like that. Um, and then it seemed like, like when you got there, like, like that's when, that's when Penn state lacrosse was like, Oh shit. Like this is, this is like a big time school that can have a big time program. Um, so, you know, I, I guess, you know, you, you were a major part of, of building that. So, um, you know, kind of like, what was it like, like when you first got there, like what were like people like taking it, like, like, yeah, I mean, like, was, like when you got to campus, were people like, "Oh, yeah, like that's the lacrosse team, like they're legit," or, or like, did you get to campus and people were like, "Oh, you play lacrosse, I'll like you must you, be an I'll, asshole." I'll give you. I mean, the asshole definitely comes up, but I'll give you my first experience <laughs> as a 
as a Penn State Division One lacrosse player. I'm sitting in a sociology class my freshman year, probably the first week on campus. And obviously, as a freshman in college, you're trying to meet women and trying to have those conversations, make those connections. And I had my long, luscious locks hanging down, trying to be slick in class and saying, hey, ladies, like, we're going to have a party this weekend. What's going on? And the first thing she says is, oh, you play lacrosse. Do you know so-and-so? I was like, uh, no, I don't think I do. Well, yeah, he's on the Division One men's lacrosse team here. I was like, um, are you sure? She goes, yeah, I mean, him and all their buddies, this, this person. She goes, they're on the Division One team. I was like, um, are you sure? She goes, are you sure you're on the Division One team or are you on the club team? And I kind of froze in my tracks, and I'm like, I don't know what to do. This girl just absolutely roasted me in class, and I didn't know what to do. But um, it wasn't really taken seriously. And um, I think Tamburni helped us to change a little bit of a culture there instead of um, obviously Penn State and its uh, history is a phenomenal party school. Um, so I think a lot of lacrosse players love to party, as we all know. So I think that was the kind of general track was a little bit more partying rather than lacrosse. And I think it kind of flipped a little bit to where well, hold on, back, back up a second. Were, were these were these best? So were they playing on the club team, but they were just like passing it off to they ladies were, like they, they were, were passing it off to ladies like they were slicking around in Division one gear. So um, wow. it was, it was a little that's rattling. greasy. That's greasy. Greasy. It was a little rattling. I mean, this girl kind of came at me saying, "Are you sure you're on the team?" And I kind of questioned, "Am I actually on the team?" Yeah, you had really to call up Tim Brony and say, "Hey, uh, hey, coach, my scholarship <laughs> still got there." <laughs> Did you cut me already? I mean, I don't even know what I'm doing here. Uh, but yeah. So I mean, like Penn State, though it's like I I've always had like at the like you guys, it's it's a cult up there. I I think that you could probably agree with that. So like you guys just. You guys love being Penn State more than anybody else loves being anything in the world. Um, but like, there's no doubt about it. It's just a fucking sick school to spend four years of your life at. Um, so like, when you were the number one team in the nation, you got a coach like Tambroni who has a track record, and it's just a school that's just like, like you're gonna go there and you're gonna have yourself a fucking time for four years. Like, I, I'm I'm trying to. Th- think about like how how like a recruit just shows up there right now and just says no and just like walked away like how like how would you like not land any recruit that you want at this time yeah i I, i'm not really sure i mean it is tough i mean um to i mean to kind of bring it up you do lose um brendan o'neill who was a recruit to penn state was committed as a eighth grader the first eighth grade commit that they kind of talked about and i think that um Tim Bernie's work ethic and culture is something that parents like to see. And um, honestly, it is a tough way to say no, but it does take the right family, the right fit to fit into the culture that um, is up there now that with the hard work um, aspect to, and as well as academics, Penn State's great academic school as well. So it kind of just all comes into play. And um, I think it is hard probably for, especially if you get, your official visit night or in a visit night where you're playing Ohio state football on a whiteout weekend. I mean, it's kind of tough to say no to that. Yeah. Um, I don't want to talk about it too much. Cause like, I feel like a little weird talking about like a high school kid and shit like that. But like, do you, do you think like, like, do you think that if, if Brendan O'Neill saw that Penn state was like 
ranked number one in the like before he made that decision to switch commitments do you think that he stays with penn state like do you think that there's like a little part of him right now that's like oh shit like i didn't realize that they were going to snap off like this uh there might be um like i said I've, I've never really met him never really met um to kind of see i just knew that he was gonna be was committed to penn state but maybe i think there's probably a little bit but at the same time um, it, it takes a culture, it takes for you to want to be in a part of a culture to kind of uh, take hold and want to commit to four years of that. So maybe it wasn't the right fit for him. And um, obviously he may think he's going to a better area and maybe he is. And honestly, um, it'll come down to whether or not he kind of performs and plays well. And then we'll kind of see where it goes from there. I mean, at the same time, the recruits that we do have are going to be a part of our family for the rest of their lives. And we're excited to have every guy that's ever going to commit to Penn State now and in the future. Boom. Um, but yeah, it's it's a culture that's obviously working out right now for guys like Granamet and Mac O'Keefe. Um, so I know you're 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 you keep yourself pretty busy. Um, you know, you, you got a pretty pretty full schedule going on. But like, do you have do you have time to still check out the boys whenever they're playing? Absolutely. I mean, I try to do it the best I can. We we have our uh, group message with our. Uh, guys from our class that we um, really like back and forth always during the games. We've always got updates somehow of live updates. We can't get the game streaming. Um, so we're always on those guys. And um, it's good to see that they're, they're clicking on all cylinders playing well uh, and the coaches have them fired up on game day. So. All right. Well, uh, so a couple years ago, you and I, we had a nice little, uh, nice little shootout challenge. I took about 15 shots on you or something like that. I might've, you might've let me score like one or two of them. Um, but let's, let's say that you do the same thing. Matt O'Keefe, he gets 10 shots from about, I'd say his range probably like taps out. He could probably hit 13, 14. So let's say he gets 10 shots from, from about 12 where, uh, how, how many, how many is max sticking in the back of the net? I'd, I'd take my 60% that would, lead division one lacrosse i mean it, usually you get the 60 to 63 percent guys that are leading division one lacrosse and um i take my 60 percent. he's a great shooter accurate um but once i once i watch the way that he shoots a couple times the low to high kind of goes away and then he has to change it up to low to low and then if he has to bring it overhand see you later going clear the other way fast break popcorn see you later maybe popcorn, maybe peanuts Maybe you could just take it down yourself. Don't even don't even throw the clear pass. Just just do it like I, uh, like I did last season. Run it down. Take it down. Maybe take a two pointer. I don't know. I was gonna say, have have you have you scored in your career yet? I have not in my career yet. I was close in college, and obviously last year I hit a post, which was really rattling. Uh, Gittleman was uh, had a little maybe something going on in his pants when I came down to take a two pointer. Um, where tips check, off, the, check tips the, diapers. off the pipe. So yeah, checked his diapers a little bit. Um, but, uh, I actually was close in college. St. Joe's was actually running a 10 man ride. And I hear my coach yelling, go ahead, go ahead. Tim Bernie was yelling, go ahead. So I chucked it down. Uh, wouldn't you know, it drills the crossbar comes right back into play. St. Joe's picks it up, comes down and scores on a fast break. So that's kind of my luck when I take shots. Yeah, well, that that's always something though that pissed me off about you is because you know here I am lefty attackman and and you're the goalie and any time that you break out just a regular short stick you're still bringing heavier heat than I am so it's it's always again tough tough for the confidence when the goalie's just 
bringing bombs that you just don't have in your arsenal? Yeah, I think I can get it upwards upwards of 104, 105, I think. Yeah, I, I really think I think that, that that should be the goal for you. This I'll give you I'll give you two years. If you don't two years. If you don't score a goal in two years, you're you're dead to me and you're dead to the podcast. All right, perfect. That's that's I like that challenge. I'll take that on head on. <laughs> uh, well, you so you're speaking about how how you'd be able to just kind of play a little bit of a mental game with Mac O'Keefe there, just being able to kind of catch up with the shot and and just kind of scout that in real time. Um, now you've been playing pros for past few summers now, um, so you know you're playing against the best shooters in the world. I mean, guys like Rabel, Pinnell, uh, Tom Schreiber, like the list goes on and on. Just the best shooters in the world. Um, so how, how's that adjustment been for you over the last few years? Like, is there ever any, like who, who's like the one guy who you've gone up against who like, you know, as, as soon as he winds up, he's like, that's a fucking turn and rake or, or I don't know. You're probably a psychopath. So you probably don't have anyone like that. Yeah, no, if you go into any shot thinking like that, you're going to be in big trouble, especially playing against these guys. So um, every shot that I'm getting ready to see, now there's some guys where I'm like, oh, shit, I do not want to see this shot. I mean, you get like the air hearts coming down with their long pole, taking two-point bombs, ripping through my stick, and it goes in the goal to start off a game. It's like, oh, God, here we go. So, um, I mean, guys like Ryan Brown, I mean, that is like one of the hardest shots to pick up. And then – Honestly, another one of the best shooters. Is Hold on, is is Ryan is Ryan Brown a lefty, or was he just playing for Team USA as as a he lefty? He was. I'm summer? pretty sure he was playing as a lefty. I mean, but yeah, he's got I, it both. He's got it both hands. I mean, it can come from any angle. Any, it's ridiculous. I just don't understand how it works. So, um, kind of just defies the laws of physics. So, must must be nice. Yeah, it must. Be must be nice i mean i wish i wouldn't have started playing goalie back in the day actually started i mean forced into it just because i was the slowest kid in the field i was still sticking g's back in the day i needed to get out there and start slanging it around but i got stuck in the crease because i was fat slob uh well but again so you have those two summers to get yourself a go- like so is there any goalie in particular who you would have your like that that you would have your your sights set out on to like is there any specific goalie that you would love to score on more than any other? Nico Amato, <laughs> absolutely Nico Amato. There is no doubt in my mind that it would be Nico Amato. There, yeah. I, it's so we've always been compared to each other. Now we work together still um, uh, with Net Nation Lacrosse. Me, Brian Doherty, one of the greats of all time. Drew Adams, another Springfield legend goalie, goalie factory over there with Penn State and Springfield. And then Nico Mata as well, us three Philly guys. Um, still all work together, all great friends. But there would be nothing greater than for me to run down the field with my goalie stick and sling one in the top corner and just scream in his face. Are you go are you going there. are you going stick side high on him? Or are you at least giving him the courtesy of going off stick? Ab- absolutely sticks that high absolutely so when i stick it in the top corner there is no regrets for anything that i said after the fact i'm trying to think if if you would be if if you would be a celebration guy or if you would kind of just like uh kind of like when when casually shake his hand and walk off oh wow all right just give him like a good old fist bump and be like maybe next time yeah, maybe like uh, maybe just like go in for like that celebration hug, like you would like a regular teammate. 
<laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it's it's honestly it's a tough it's a tough thing to try to talk shit uh, and talk as a, as a goalie because I usually go into games quiet as can be because the first thing is you talk shit and then someone scores on you you will never hear the end of it for the rest of the game. So you got to kind of casually keep it down low and then if someone starts to talk a little bit you start to make a couple saves you can kind of yip back and forth but um there's a couple of guys that kind of push my buttons a little bit every once in a while so um but it ends up being friends after it has um has has a goalie ever taken a shot on you in a game (sighs) let me think um i don't think so i think it's gotten close maybe gettleman's gotten close um, but I don't, I don't really think so. No, not in a game. Thank goodness. Cause I don't know what I would do. I'd probably have to go cry my eyes asleep. Um, yeah, either, either cry like, or fight. No cry or fight. It's one or the other, one or the other. Uh, well, uh, you ever, this is, this is something that I've, I've wanted you to do for a while. You're still a little, little hesitant for it, but, um, so obviously you're a Philly guy and the wings are back in town and we've got. Philly native Matt Rambo doing doing some work for the Wings. Have you have have you thought about throwing on some box gear yet, or is that just is that just something that uh, uh, is a little 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 too late to pick up? No, I've also I've definitely toyed around with the idea, um, and honestly, not as a goalie. I've actually toyed around with the idea as a goalie and as a field player. Um, so I think that uh, I was a little late to the cusp this year, but I actually think don't be surprised if you see. Uh, the the one four out there with the, the the German name out on those wings, um, on that field next year. So hopefully, I think I might give it a go next year. A little bit of uh, gonna need some practice in the off season, but my stick skills, hand eye coordination will get it done out there on the field to score some G's. Dude, and, the, uh, the the left the left out there the left side of that floor would be would be pretty nice with you and Blaze. Absolutely, and I'll and I'll and I'll chuck some knocks out there if I need to, to protect my teammates. <laughs> Oh, uh, don't do that. You, 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 you've, you've turned yourself into a, into a, like a pretty handsome guy. You, you fight in that league. You will end up looking like a monster. No, yeah, that's, that's exactly what I want to do. I want to start following, chuck some knocks around with some of those bad boy Canadians out there. Those guys are not fun. Yeah. They're a, uh, they're, they're a different breed for sure. Um, Absolutely. So let let's talk about like some of like the best the best players that you've ever played with. So like did you did you have any years uh in Florida with with Casey Powell? He was still on the team. Uh, I I did. My actually first experience against Casey Powell was when I was drafted to Boston Cannons. Um and I got to play in like the fourth quarter cuz Jordan Burke actually got hurt and Casey Powell comes down the field on kind of like a break stares me down and goes straight overhand like I've never seen before, high to low through my five hole, and I just didn't even move and just froze. And I didn't know what the hell to do. Um, but some of the greats that I also played with. Well, too, well, I mean, because what I'm what I'm getting at here is because so you, so you have CP, you got a guy like Lyle, um, yep. your your time at Penn State, Matt McCready's highly underrated player. Um, but then, so where does Barstool Jordy rank up amongst all those greats? Barstool Jordy. Keep it, keep in mind, I've gone one-on-one with Lyle before and it wasn't as, as bad as, as people would imagine as, it to be. As people would imagine it to be. Yeah. You did, you did lock down that D, <laughs> sit on that hip and kind of make him <laughs> t- 
take a take a shitty shot. So um, yeah, I mean Barstool Jordy, there is no comparison. Barstool Jordy's always got a soft spot in my heart. He's always going to stick Geno's on me from that lefty wing or cutting down the middle of the field on zap and zoom back in the days from the Springfield <laughs> plays. Um, but I mean, Barstool Jordy ranks, I, I'd give him, I'd put him in my top, top 10. I put him in my top 10 up there as personality wise. Uh, number one overall in blogger, blogger status and, and overall personality and likeliness. Nobody beats him. Lax wise. Eh, we'll put them maybe top 20. <laughs> but you, every every great team needs a great locker room guy, and that's, that, that's, that's what I guy. can provide. That's the locker room. You know what? The locker room status that he brings and, and the, the camaraderie, that he, just his aurora. It just, I don't even know if that's the right word. I don't even know what word I'm using here. But uh, You were, it, you were like just, you were close. To, I think it's like aura or something like that. Aura? You were, aurora? Aurora? I don't know. I don't we, we both we both went to, we both we both went to public school. So public school, but yeah, but you went to a liberal arts school, so you should be a little bit smarter than I am. <laughs> yeah, well, now here I am, fucking podcasting. Um, <laughs> Austin Cout with a with a long curly chinned who wore the number nineteen. As a Penn State Nittany Lion men's lacrosse player, Chris Hogan. So when the day comes that they throw nineteen up in the rafters, who's it? Is is it Austin Count or is it Chris Hogan? Uh, I mean, I think it's obviously Chris Hogan. Um, if 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 maybe you humble son of a bitch. If maybe if maybe I would have had the, the the six more saves that I needed to beat Drew Adams' all time save record at Penn State, maybe it would have been. AK one nine hanging up there in the rafters, but um, if they ever did that, that number would definitely have to go to Chris Hogan getting retired up in there. All right. Well, well, you just you you just brought him up there though. So Drew Adams, another Springfield Delco alumna. Um, so you know between a guy like you, Drew Adams, Kevin Keenan, another Springfield to Penn State uh, connection there. Uh, now we've got James Spence, who he I think he just put up his uh, 200th career save at Lehigh's sophomore year. Not a big deal. Um, is there any doubt in your mind that Springfield in Delaware County, Pennsylvania, produces the best goalies in the entire world? Uh, I really I think it's be it would be a tough conversation for people to fight against it. It's like one of those things. Prove me wrong. Or or, or or tell me I'm wrong. I mean, honestly, you get the, that lineage of goalies that have played and played in the MLL and um, played professionally in general that have kind of grown and come to. And I would just say Philly in general is a goalie hotbed um, for uh, a number of reasons. Um, but, I mean, there's not many other high school, strict high schools in general that have had that many goalies be so successful and James is going to continue to grow in his college career and hopefully make it to professionals one day. And, um, we'll have to see, um, who that next rising star is as there are a couple in the, it must be something in the water or it's the coaching coming back. I don't know really what it is, but there's a couple of young guys coming up in there. that are going to be the next rising stars for goalies as well. 
I've I've thought about it a little bit, like why there are just like so many great goalies that come out of this area between, you know, the guys that we just mentioned there, guys like Nico, um, and then, you know, obviously a legend like Brian Doherty. Like I thought about it and it's, it's just because you have to be a fucking psychopath to, to play, to be a goalie in like any sport, but especially field lacrosse where you've got like minimal padding and you're getting guys like Rabel and Schreiber stepping in and just bombing away a hundred plus. Um, so like, you've got to be a psychopath to play that position. And I, I think like this area just, it, it's, it's, it's a hotbed for psychopaths. Really? We, we breed that, st- that screw loose mentality that we can just do whatever we can to survive and, take those shots off the knee and be like, ah, I'm good. I don't feel anything. Yeah. I, I, I still don't know how you guys do it. Like that's it. I, I'll take like a little like slash to the, to the thigh and I'll, I'll be in the trainer's room for the next week. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, th- I'll be honest with you. The, the, the worst places to get it are like the back of the hamstring. And then obviously <clears throat> dead straight in the nuts is never fun. That That's always a, Oh, it just makes you want to vomit right then and there. And you just kind of sit there. But that's why you got to buy the biggest cup that you can find imaginable. Oh, yeah. I I remember the days of playing with Austin Cout and you're just on, on the bus ride home after slanging around out there on, on, on the bus ride home after the game, just taking out this cup. It's like the size of the whole fucking seat. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I protect it, too. If I were you, I'd, you know. Last guy who we had on, Nick Asello from uh, Notre Dame, he just he, he's got a ruptured nut at the moment because he took a shot from Connor Kelly at, at Seals practice. So uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's ex- that that's exa- that's exactly what I'd not like to have. I'd like to potentially have um, an Austin Junior one day out there slanging goals rather than making saves. So hopefully we can keep it that way. Yeah, playing playing public school, high school lacrosse. Um, all right, a couple more things here before it, because again, I know you're a busy guy. I know you got things to do, so we'll let you go soon here. Um, but so you know, goalies that screw loose mentality, and and you're certainly no exception. You are uh, one of the more unique individuals that I've ever come across in my life. Um, so like, obviously, like a lot of goalies, they have like the, their superstitions, their routines, and shit like that, and like it's all just like weird stuff where everyone's just like, hey, like leave them alone. They're the goalies; they have their thing. Like let them do that. Um, but like you, you've been playing for a while now. Like I, you're 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 a vet, I guess. Um, you know, we're getting up there in age a little bit. Um, so like, have have you had uh, those like superstitious like pregame routines like before in your career and do you still do them now or are you at a point now where it's like oh shit like i can't be doing this like all the goddamn time that's the greatest question i've ever gotten absolutely i've been superstitious since i was a sophomore in high school so obviously when i was a sophomore high school it was a little bit lesser of things that are really bad for you so it kind of went from monsters i was drinking two monsters a day it would be one before school and then on game day and then one right before the game the green regular monsters taking it back um they're delicious delicious uh, well now you got to get to the sugar-free zero cow ones we go with like a monster yeah um, metabolism's going down Maybe maybe throw a little Tito's in that on the weekend or something like that. We can kind of go that down that path later. But um, but then you get to college, and then Jack's 3D was the greatest invention of all time with pre-workout. So basically what my motto was when I was going into a game was 
be as numb as possible so that when you go out there, you're jittery, you got jacked up, your face is tingling, and then you don't feel a thing when you get hit with a shot. And it worked out my freshman year because uh, I led the nation in save percentage. So um, that not a, was not a big deal. No, no big deal at all. I think it was like 63.5%. I don't really remember it or not or anything. I think the plaque's hanging on my parents' wall at home. So, um, but, um, I mean, just any sort of pre-workout is absolutely my type of thing. And then uh, juggling. Juggling was a big thing that I like to do before in the locker room. Always go right to a shower with three lacrosse balls, juggling lacrosse balls while I'm in a nice hot shower, stretching it out. Just, just naked ass juggling? Naked ass juggling, juggling balls in the shower, naked. Just full cock and balls out while you're (laughs) (laughs) cock and balls. Uh, People are like, What are you doing? And then I'm doing it off the wall and and stretching it out at the same time. It's just great. That's my routine. I love it. Always get a shower before games and juggling the shower. Yeah, well, I mean, you're racking up the saves, so they can't really. Uh, if they walk in on you just naked juggling, they can just shut the fuck up because you're the one stopping the ball. Exactly. <laughs> let let me be in my own little world until the game starts, and then I'll start commanding, demanding the defense, making saves, clearing it out. <laughs> uh, all right. So the last question I have for you here. Um, so the lacrosse world. It's it's pretty tight knit. So like you know, you mentioned this before, where you know you might have like an on field rivalry with a guy like Nico Amato, but then off the field, like everyone's friends and shit like that. Um, you know, and I feel like lacrosse players were all pretty similar, so everyone can like kind of get along. So like the world of pro lacrosse, you know, you have your games, then the game's over, the boys all go out, they have themselves a good time. Um, so you know, I, I think everyone likes to get in. You know, there might be like a few weirdos here and there. But so Austin Cout, you have a, a night out after a game. Who are the th- three, maybe four guys in, in professional lacrosse right now that you would love to take out with you? Um, and then, you know, maybe, maybe just a little bit of a why. Connor Busick, the Rhino, is his nickname, is what we call him. My roommate for four years with the Florida Launch. He is my guy. He is my <laughs> right-hand man. When it's time to go out, it is me and him, but buddies, from the bar to the airport, right home on Sundays. That is my guy. Um, so that would be my number one guy. Um, taking it out next, it, you'd be actually shocked to hear this one because it's not someone that you'd actually think about that has been around for a little while. But my very first year in the league, um, you kind of take it back, Ryan Boyle. Ryan Boyle was uh, – now, he rarely went out, but when he did, it was the best. It was – I mean, he was at the end of his career at the time that I was in Boston, but that guy showed me the things and the ways of the league, and it was <laughs> unbelievable, unbelievable. Um, and then you kind of come back into um, the way it is now. I mean, there's a couple other guys that – um, really kind of stand out. And uh, one of them is Nick Mariano. Uh, I've come to kind of gain a little um, relationship with Nick Mariano as down in uh, Florida in our short time there. Um, he is an animal. He's, he's the best. He's so much fun to hang out with. Um, and then, honestly, you can just lump them all together, pick any Canadian out there, and they are hilarious and a great time and a blast to have fun with after games on a weekend. So um, you could pick any one of those guys and lump them into a bunch in there and 
any one of those guys will have a ton of fun with you. Yeah, that is a uh, that's that's an absolute goon squad that you've assembled there, and uh, I could definitely see it being being the ringleader there. No, I lead it, run it, end it, it, and end it every <laughs> night. Oh, uh, what a fucking beauty! All right, buddy. Well, hey, I appreciate it again. Long time coming, but. Listen, we'll we'll have to do it again, especially you know maybe maybe we get a little bit closer to the end of May. Maybe maybe that not not to look ahead. I know that Tambroni probably doesn't want us to look ahead, but if the Nittany Lions find themselves in position to take a trip here to Philly to play at the Link Memorial Day weekend, we'll we'll have to get you on. Maybe even from field level. Oh, field level would be the way to be, and hopefully, uh, like we said, not to look ahead. Let's keep winning one game at a time here and. Um, those guys are doing their thing. They're working hard and hopefully we'll see them on World Day weekend. All right, buddy. Well, I appreciate you coming on here. We'll talk to you. Barstool Jordy. You're the man. Thanks a lot, buddy. All right. And thanks again to Austin Cout for hopping on the line with us. Uh, you know, Penn state, they'll be off this week. They don't play again until, until the 23rd. So, uh, you know, we're not really looking forward to big things out of Penn state coming up this weekend, but there's still another unreal lineup of college across ahead of us here. Uh, and, and we'll get started with uh, Towson taking the trip over to Durham and they'll be taking on the Dukies. So both of these teams, they have handed Loyola their only losses on the year. So both of these teams midweek matchup against Loyola found a way to take down Pat Spencer and the Greyhounds. So this'll be uh, you know, this'll be a little, little, little who's who um, in, in the lacrosse world. So obviously Towson, they're coming off that loss against Cornell. So they're going to look to get things going back on the same track. Um, you know, so, so what do you, what do you, what do you got on this game? Can uh, you know, is, is Towson rebounding here or, you know, were, were they exposed as pretenders by Cornell? I don't know. Um, I think that Towson, I mean, I think the key point of that Towson Cornell game was if you've got a guy like Clark Clark Peterson who is who's who's hot, right? He, you know, everything he touches turns to gold. He's got the Midas touch. Um, how do you not make an adjustment such that to you know to even try to remedy that? You know, how do you not you know do you not talk to your defense to tell him to slide early? You tell the goalie just fuck his ass up so you know he doesn't try coming in you know coming in you know to to your uh, to to your dojo like do you not you not throw out a zone? Do you not when the guy's got eight fucking goals? Like to me that's like that's that's you know a lack of a defensive adjustment. That's neither here nor there. Because now you you don't just have one guy that's going to be hot. You're going to play Duke, where you got shooters all over the place. You know now you got now you have to play good one on one ball against uh, Joe Robertson, against Brad Smith, against you know even from even from Jake Sayal, like you have to guard him. So you know if Towson has another individual defensive failure or a or a or a unit failure, um, they're they're going to I think they'll get smoked just like they did because these guys at the Duke team will take advantage of it. Um, to me, that that Towson Cornell game really, you know, I, I it was kind of astounding. They just kind of, you know, watched Clark Peterson get eight goals. So that's yeah. that's what I feel like. Yeah, and I mean that like again, Duke 
they're, I mean, they've, they've got weapons all over the place. And I think, you know, probably one of my favorite players in college across to watch right now is uh Nakai Montgomery. Like this kid just is, is buzzing all over the field. And every time he touches the ball, like, you know, like, like he, he's one of those kids that like, like, you know, he has that kill switch. Like he has the ball and whenever he's ready to go, like he's gonna, he's gonna shake you and he's gonna take you. Um, you know, and and the one thing like now the one thing I don't like about his game is that he's he's typically a nice little like overhand. Maybe it's like a little close to a three quarter, but it's it's an overhand high to low shot. He loves going with that. Um, even throws a few bouncers in there, and you know, listen, you know, bounce shot. No one's ever gotten laid by shooting a bounce shot before, but maybe Nakai Montgomery might be the first one to do it. Um, but so so I think that like Hill. Like, I think what he does really well, though, is so like you, you've got guys like, you know, Joe Robertson and Joey Manown who can just sting it high. Um, you know, you got a kid like Brad Smith who who has just unreal hands who can, you know, um, you know, kind of kind of mix up his his releases with his finishes and shit like that. Um you know, but, but like a nice, like overhand high to low shot. Like, I don't know how many people are, are shooting those in college across a little anymore. So like, it, it just, it's such a change up for these goalies to see, like they're used to getting high, 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 high. And then Nakai comes in and goes low. So, um, you know, Tyler Canto, he, he's besides that Cornell game, um, has been, you know, he, he made probably the save of the year against Loyola. Um, and, and he seems like a little, unorthodox and in, in his way that he that he plays in in goal so like maybe he might be up for the test for when Nakai just ends up shaking a short stick d midi up top and then brings it down low um but that'll be like that's if if tyler canto can handle like just getting shot at from like all different releases all different you know shot selections then i think talus can 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 keep this one close enough to where it's you know uh not like a three, four goal win by Duke. Um, but yeah, it's probably going to come down to him. And I mean, like Duke's defense too. I mean, like we're, we're talking a lot about their offense, but you know, CVR, um, you know, JT Giles Harris, like those guys are just fucking shutting teams down. I'm pretty sure before that Utah game, uh, I think that they, they've held their opponents to single digits in like, like five of the last six games. So, like not only are teams not scoring against them, but then they've also just got kids who can shoot the shit out of the ball. So it's a tough order for the Tigers. Uh, extremely tough. Um, you know, if you, you, you know, you pair Duke's defense with their offense, they're, they're matched pretty easily. A lot of teams, they've either got a high powered offense and not much of the defense, or they've got a high, you know, a big defense and their offense is okay. It manages, but Duke's is pretty even. Uh, you got some guys who, as you said, you can play individually. And I think it matches up really well for them this weekend. Yeah. So again, we're, we're recording these. Uh, so this is uh Wednesday right now. So, uh, Lax Vegas lines hasn't put the line out there yet, but, um, regardless, I'm, I'm going with the Duke winning this one, but, uh, you know, there's a chance that Tyler Canto can keep Towson in it long enough to where it's, you know, maybe like a, a two goal game. I, I physically can't bring myself to, to, to root for Duke. So I have to pick Towson. It's, it's, it's a, it's a thing. I apologize. Well, I, I feel like our, our picks have been, so similar um since, since you've hopped on here so like it's it's good to have have some uh little some parody uh, 
Yeah, yeah, parody. It's it's the uh, it's the word of the week here. Uh, moving on, let's uh, let, let's head over to those nerds in the Ivy League. Uh, so we've got Cornell fresh off of shit pumping Towson, and they will be taking on the reigning champs, the Yale Bulldogs. Um, so, like, listen, Yale, you saw it last weekend. Well, actually. Maybe you didn't see it. We didn't get a chance to talk about this in the first half, but like maybe, maybe you didn't get to see Cornell beat the shit out of Towson because it was pretty difficult to find a stream uh, for those games down in Charlotte. I think that they had like, like, yeah, they, they totally <laughs> fucked up and they were like, I'm not watching, like, I'm not watching your fucking games on Periscope from somebody's phone. Like, it's, it's like, a, it's like a fucking dad just like filming the, <laughs> filming the game on his phone and he's got like his, his like, half of its finger like over the camera like good god hey the crown like i'm pretty sure it was like the charlotte hounds who put this one on too it's like you guys got like three of the top five teams in the nation figure out a fucking stream like how how do you how do you have this like premier college lacrosse event how do you have this entire weekend with three of the five top teams in the nation and your dumbasses are trying to figure out how to get a stream going like the day of the event I mean, not only that, like you've got so many smart people up there, like UNC's not exactly the easiest fucking school to get into. Same with Duke, like one of those genes, like one of those, there's gotta be somebody there who knows how to work a fucking camera. Yeah. I'm so, yeah, again, so like may, maybe it didn't get, but you at least saw the box score at Yale. So you saw Clark Peterson, eight goals. And I, I don't think that like Clark Peterson took anybody by surprise. Like I think people were going to know that he was going to have a monster year. Um, but you know, you, if you focus all of your attention to Jeff T like, yeah, you're, you're going to do a good job of like making sure that like, he's not the only guy who beats you. Um, but you gotta, you got a game plan for, for Clark as well. Uh, so he's, he's coming off of an eight goal performance. This is what I want to know. I I want to know what what Clark Peterson's stick is like right now. Like I want to know if he's like a super like if he's like a superstitious guy or not. Like like do you would you like keep like the same tape, the same strings, everything like that? Like do you just like stay with that hot stick, or do you think like, or do you think that you you might you may have like just like used up all the goals in that stick, and then maybe you, mm. you switch it up to something different for this week. That's fair. That's fair. Um, well, let's see. Uh, did they play two games this weekend? They did. So they had. Uh, they had. They did. Penn, they were they, they. They lost to Penn State and then they beat uh, Towson. Okay, so I imagine after the, the Penn State game was rainy, was it not? I believe so. Yes. Okay, so his stick probably got fucked up a little bit there. He probably changed out the tape before the Towson game. So it's so still he's, it's still fresh. fresh. So I bet he's keeping it. That would be my that would be my guess. All right. Well, you yeah. Know. So then if you're Yale, like you have to hope that, you know, there was only so many goals in that specific stick and, and that maybe he used up all of them. Um, but Yale. So, I mean, they, they dropped that first game to Villanova in overtime, um, you know, and, and I believe that, that you were on the podcast when we talked about this, that I, I'm mm -hmm. almost certain that Yale threw that game on purpose because they lost to Villanova in overtime to start the season last year, which resulted in them winning the national championship. Um, so since then they've taken down Penn state one goal game, uh, they beat UMass by one and then they just beat up on Michigan last week. So, uh, you know, they've three out of their four games have been one goal games. So this will be, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see this one as well. Um, 
I want to see a big game out of Matt Gaudet, though, because there's going to be a lot of talks about the Canadians and Jeff Teat and and Clark Peterson. Um, but Gaudet, just another Ontario boy. So this I'll tell you what, man, the, the Canadians are just coming coming down here and taking over some of our most prestigious universities. You know, you think about it, there's all this talk about building the wall to the south, but maybe we need one to the north because these guys are taking up roster spots, you know? Like taking away just jobs from good, hardworking American boys. And, and all so of, true. All of a sudden we have these these Canucks, these these dirty Canucks coming down here. And uh, not only are they taking away roster spots, but they're just fucking burying balls in the back of the net. Um, Gaudet, yeah, I'd love to see. You're right. I, I, I would love to see um, some solid play out of Gaudet and uh, Jackson Morrell. Um, God, that's you know, a little shit stir too. Like he's, he's the kind of guy where like he'll score a goal. And then like, as the defense is like huddling up to try to figure out like how they just got <laughs> dunked on, like he just goes like right in there to the huddle too. classic, but. such a classic move. So annoying, but such a classic move. Um, I, I want one statistic of net to note right now. Uh, Yale's goalie is at a 41% uh, save percentage right now. Not great. Not, not great what you're looking for when you're trying to stop a team who has just put up like 20 30 plus 30 plus goals in the in their last two games does not make for a good combination so uh jack star has to show up definitely big gotta have some big goalie play uh td erlin has been balling out so he's got to keep that up um I'm 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 going Cornell in this one. I'm going but, Cornell as well. But uh, that's, that's my that's my thought. But yeah, Cornell in a one goal game, and another team that's uh, so they're they're no stranger to one goal games. Uh, so you know, typically in years past, it's been cardiac cuse this this team. Uh, you know, just living and dying by the one goal game. This year, we've got the cardiac Cavs, the Virginia Cavaliers. Their last Four games have all been decided by one goal. Now they're three and one in those games. So they lost by one to high point, but again, high point wagon buzzsaw. So they were just gunning down everyone. Virginia got in the way. Then they take down Michael Sowers and the Princeton Tigers, 12, 11. They uh, go up to the carrier dome, take down the Cuse 15, 14. That was a nice little overtime. I believe those were both overtime wins. Uh, and then Brown, Oh, Brown, they they had them. Brown had the Cavs, but they they, yeah, they were up on they were up on them what like three four goals in in the first half. Uh, they they were up like pretty big in the I forget the exact number, so I'm not gonna. But they were up like pretty big in the fourth quarter. Uh, but Virginia, they just decide hey, listen up, nerds. But well, I mean Virginia, they're kind of nerdy too. But um. But they they took over there in that fourth quarter and they come away with a 14-13 win. So three wins in a row by one goal. And they will be uh hosting the Notre Dame Irish. So Notre Dame, a team that you know I, I wasn't very high on coming into the season. I didn't really know what to expect out of this team without Ryder Garnsey in the lineup. Uh, but you know, their last two games, they've taken down Maryland and Denver, two of the top teams in the nation. And um you know the Maryland win was a nice little, uh, nice little win for them. You know, being indoors and shit like that, especially coming off of a, a Richmond loss. Um, but then 
the three goal win against Denver really surprised me because, you know, that, that shows that, you know, not only were they able to get it done offensively, uh, but defensively as well. So, you know, again, like you don't really have like, like the star power, you know, a kid who's just like nonstop highlights like Ryder Garnsey anymore. Um, but they're getting, they're getting contributions from, from a lot of different guys. Like there's no one that's like standing out in their lineup. That's just like, just powering them through to these wins, you know, uh, Costabile, Gleason, uh, Connor Morin, uh, Wheaton, Jack Boyce, again, just an all time yeah. name, just a fucking fantastic name coming out of Kansas city too. Um, was it, uh, let me, let me guess. Um, uh, oh shit. It's a uh, Rockhurst Jesuit. Uh, ooh, that's I, the only good school in Kansas city that I know of at yeah, lacrosse. Yeah. Well, I, I, as the, uh, as as there are southern correspondent i'm just gonna go with your word on that one <laughs> <I'm> gonna... <laughs> but i mean like like all those guys you know like no one has on this team no one has over 20 points i don't even think anyone has over 15 right now granted they've only played four games but like again like they're they're getting contributions from guys and it's not just like you know like like a bunch of different people are chipping in and like no one's like really taking over and i think that like that makes you a difficult team to play against because like like you can't really game plan again. Like you can't like take like one thing away from this team. Like they're just gonna, they're gonna get the job done. Like it's not gonna be like the prettiest thing in the world, but like they they're just like grinding through these wins. And uh, so so now Virginia, a team who you know they really haven't been able to you know put teams away. You know they they've all been one goal games. So like if you're not putting Notre Dame away, um, there's a good chance that they're gonna come back and, and bite you in the ass here. Uh, definitely, especially if you see, you know, if, if Michael Krause, uh snaps, um, Ian Laviano playing well. I mean, you got Doc Aiken, great name as well. Um, I, I I got Virginia in this one, um, I, just because. Well, oh man, it's Notre Dame's defense is real solid. Um, I, I, if anything, I would have Virginia in like a two goal win or something like that. Um, again, I'm not even looking at the rankings. I don't think they fucking matter. Um, also, Wheaton Jackaboyce went to Culver Military Academy, which I, ah, yeah, is yeah. like that's like a top five school in the country or something yeah. like that. Um, um, yeah, I mean Notre Dame, their defense. Besides that Maryland game, they've they've held teams to single digits. Um, so, like again, like we we I, I we don't really give enough love to to defensive programs here on the crease dive just because like that's not my shit um i don't, I don't know if it's it, defense doesn't it's it's not know. sexy it's i know not it's not sexy, sexy. i played defense like i know it's not sexy there's nothing sexy about it but like you know i love seeing loyola throw go into a zone defense like that's fucking awesome to me like but the other part but like you know the guy next to me who's like you know, I had 120 points as senior year of high school. It's like, fuck, I don't get it. Like, what, what are they doing? You know, I just, I just throw the ball at the net, you know? So yeah, I get it. It's not, it's not sexy, but it gets the job done. Yeah. But like, so, it, you know, Notre Dame, they'll, they'll probably hold it. It's, it's going to piss me off too. Cause like, I, I want to see the shooter shoot on Virginia. Like I, mm -hmm. I want to see these kids snap. Um, but Notre Dame defensively, they, they've just been, They've just been holding these teams down. So, um, you know, realistically, it's like pretty selfish of them um, to like hold back some highlights for us, but it, it'll, it'll probably get the job done. I, I like, 
I've I've turned myself now into a big big Notre Dame guy in in this game. So um, you know I don't I don't feel great about that because I've never been a huge Notre Dame guy before. But I like the way that they're playing. I like that you know they're they're kind of uh, a resilient bunch to be losing a guy like Ryder Garnsey and still being able to string together these wins against teams like Maryland and Denver. So I'm riding with the Irish in this one. And uh, yeah, it's it's, it's going to be going to be another tough start of the year to uh for lars tiffany and the virginia Cavs. uh totally um what, what do we got next is that uh we got we got to talk about weekend loyola versus weekday loyola yeah so uh this is you know it, it's been uh i guess a bit of a uh bit of a wow gonna have to go back and and clip that one out <laughs> Yeah, it's been a bit of a theme in uh in in the season so far. So if if you have Loyola scheduled anytime Monday through maybe Thursday, uh, they might be able to snap off on a Friday. But if if you've got Loyola on a Monday through a Thursday, like get ready to party because that's going to be a win for you. Because for some reason these kids, I mean, maybe they just. You know, may, maybe they're studying too hard. Like maybe their course load is a little too. Like, do they have too much homework or something like that? Like, are you know, professors quit, not getting quit them reading like fucking books? Like, goddamn. Yeah. Uh, I think your I think your your meme about you know weekend boy Loyola versus weekday Loyola with the fat Batman and the and the fit Batman was probably the best way to describe it. You know, I love fat Batman. By the way, I would love to have a fat Batman. He's he's fantastic. I I mean I I think that I mean. You know, Navy, what are they like unranked right now? I think Loyola will probably pump them pretty solid, but you never know because this whole lacrosse season is one, one like some, you know, never ending nebulous of fucked up shit. So I'd still take Loyola though. Yeah. Again, I mean, the fact that this is, you know, it's a Saturday game. So, uh, you know, on the weekends so far, Loyola has put up 17 goals. 18 goals and 19 goals in their three weekend games so far. So we'll have to put up 20 then. Yeah. 18, 19, 20. I mean, they have to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, they're, they're going to get their goals. They're yeah. Loyola is going to win this one. I mean, Navy, they, they put together a nice little start to the season here, but I mean, they, they've lost to Maryland and Princeton. Um, So I mean, like when, when they go up against, you know, some, some teams that have some like truly top end talent, um, they just don't really quite have the the horses to stay in those ones. So no disrespect to the troops or anything like that, but uh, Pat Spencer is going to get the boys back on track, and uh, that'll that'll bring us over now to a uh, nice little you know we'll, we'll head out west here. We've got number eleven Denver heading over to the horseshoe to take on the undefeated Buckeyes out of Ohio State. So. Um, you know, we, we mentioned this a little bit earlier when we were talking about like where we would want to be in the rankings. And I think that, uh, you know, I think Ohio state kind of has it made right now where they're, they're still flying a little bit under the radar, but they're undefeated. So, but like their, their wins though, again, just Cleveland state, Boston, UMass, Bucknell, Marquette, Hofstra, like, yeah, like when you're winning games in division one college across, like, like no one can just like show up and win like every game they play and like everyone's like due for like you know a shit game and like Ohio State hasn't done that yet. Um, so Nick Myers has the boys buzzing, um, and you know, again like they they've got goal scores and like that's 
that's that shit right there. Trey LeClaire, nice little Canadian boy uh, with 20 tucks on the year. Jack Jasinski, the senior out of Bama, 16 on the year. So, um, you know, they're, they're scoring goals and they're taking care of the teams that they're supposed to be taking care of. Um, so you can't really fault them for that. And Denver, they, uh, so, you know, they, they suffered a, a tough little loss to, to Notre Dame there. Um, you know, and I was, I, I think that we both may have had Denver in that one. Um, mm. so, you know, they're, they're going to look to get themselves back on track here. Um, I, I think the fact that, you know, they've already played a pretty like loaded lineup here. They've already played Duke. They played UNC, they played Notre Dame. I think that they're a little bit more tested already for this matchup. Um, you know, I think, you know, Ohio State's probably feeling good about themselves. This will be a home game for them, too. So it's not, you know, they kind of get to go into this game feeling comfortable, feeling confident. But I, I just, they haven't played a team like Denver yet this season. So it'll be very interesting to see how they adjust to that. I totally agree. Um, their schedule looks like a, a dozen college football uh, if we're being honest. Uh, so at the end of the year, they're like, what? Wow, we're 12 and one. Put us in the fucking championship game. No, nah, fuck off. <laughs> um, now, yeah, I, I, I got Denver in this one simply because, you know, I, I just I don't see I'm not sold on Ohio State's, you know, schedule or their or their relative strength. Um, I I'm think, like I think- I'm like never sold on. And I think like the thing is, I just don't like the way that they look. Like I, I feel like they just oh the color scheme is fucking awful and it's just it's such a every time they're on TV it's so terrible to look at because they and aren't they playing with the uh, what were they I, I don't I don't remember but they were they they're playing with just awful an awful color scheme that's not very visually appealing so it's like I yeah, get like they, the they indigestion have like, they have like the sleeveless jersey sometimes and and like the camera angles and the horseshoes all fucked up so like I've never bought onto Ohio State until it's too late which is kind of why like I would I actually I might want to like I might want to just jump on it on it now because like it, I mean like big 10 is going to be a, a gauntlet for them, you know, with the way that, you know, obviously Maryland's one of the best teams in the nation and Penn state ranked number one. Um, and, and so like the big 10 is going to be, but if they can find themselves in the tournament, like they're always one of those teams where it's like, like you never really expect them to just turn it on and just dominate teams. But like every once in a while they will. And then like, I'm too late to the party to like jump on it. So like, I might actually want to do that right now. I like my heart's my heart's like halfway in it. So I'm you know what? Fuck it. Like I've been wrong all year long. So like I might as well just throw a Hail Mary here and, and if I'm wrong again, fuck it. But I'm I, I like I just talked myself into Ohio State for this one. All right. Well we'll we're gonna hold you to it. We'll see what happens. Yeah, if uh you know if they lose, I guess I have to just stop hosting the the podcast. Sounds gotta about be, right. Got it gotta be some sort of repercussions. Um yeah, so that's uh, Denver, Ohio State. the The brain says Denver, but the heart wants what the heart wants. I'm I'm going with the Buckeyes. It sounded like you were bringing yourself toward Denver on that one. I'm, I'm with I'm with Denver on it. I want to see uh, I want to see Alex Simmons and uh, Ethan Walker do some crazy shit. Yeah, give us those highlights that will most likely be stolen from us by Notre Dame in that Virginia game. Um, Last up on our list of, of games to watch this weekend, you know, obviously 
loaded schedule, but we can't talk about all of them. Um, so we've got Rutgers, number 15 Rutgers, and they are fresh off of a loss earlier this week to the Lehigh Mountain Hawks. Shout out to the Sprints brothers out of Springfield. Uh, but So they're coming off of a loss against Lehigh. They're going up to the Carrier Dome to play against Syracuse. And this is Cuse's goddamn sixth home game in a row to start the season. They have not even looked at a bus yet this year. They've got, this is their sixth in a row. Um, they'll have another home game against Duke next week. Um, now there's, there's been some like articles out there saying that that game might end up getting moved from the carrier dome because like Cuse's women's basketball team will be in the tournament or some shit like that. Um, which come on, like Desco, put your foot down. Like that's, that's the dome that you built. Like you don't get kicked out for nobody. Um, but, you know, maybe the weather will be a little bit better up in Syracuse by the 24th. But so they'll be hosting Rutgers this week for their sixth home game in a row. They are three and two in the Dome so far this year uh, after losing that that one goal game to Virginia a couple weeks ago and then to start the season against Colgate. Um, and then, you know, like I, like I just mentioned, Rutgers fresh off of a loss to Lehigh. Uh, they've also lost to Loyola and Army this year. So like Rutgers in the Patriot League getting fucked. Uh, but but they've they've won the rest of their games. So they're at four and three right now. What uh you you get you got any thoughts on this game? Any anything that uh you know you're you're gonna be looking out for? Um well yeah, I'm gonna be looking out for my my homie. I actually uh I actually coached this kid when he was a when he was a youth, Ryan Gallagher on the Rutgers team. He's the third leading scorer, plays midfield. So I'm gonna be looking out for him. Um I'm gonna be looking I'm I mean it could be one of those games where Rutgers comes out hot. Syracuse takes a minute to throw everything together, and then you know, and, and then you know, they eventually come out on top. Um, I think, I think Rutgers' ranking is a little generous, you know, being being fifteen. But you know, I guess you got to give it to them when they're four and three, and you know, right. only lost, only lost by six goals to Loyola. <laughs> Rutgers you know? is one of those like they're like always just they're always on the bubble, like. It's it's like are they a really good team or are they like an okay team or are they like kind of good but like like they've like never like really turned the corner as a program yet to be like oh yeah like that's that's like that squad right there um you know and and like they've had chances before like I think uh was it was it last year or maybe two years ago in the Big Ten tournament like they like they, they have chances to to sh- you know put together some wins like. But I mean, they they just like they haven't been able to beat the teams, um, you know, teams like teams like Hopkins, teams like Maryland, um, you know, and and even sometimes like Penn, like those those like big teams in the Big Ten, um, they just haven't been able to beat those guys yet. And so like this will be a good good game for them to see if they can beat like a like a traditional powerhouse program. Um, but Rucker, they, they're just always one of those teams that's like. Like, I don't really know, like, what you guys have. Like, I know you're, like, good and you can, like, you know, you can have a, a you know, like a eight and five season or some shit like that. But, like, like turn the corner for me one time, you know? Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that, um, you know, they're, they're – I mean, they, they they beat Princeton, you know. They beat Princeton by a goal. Um, Princeton's uh, – they're, like, the same thing, though, where it's like, – I know. It's like you're looking for them to, to, to you know – bump to the next level right you know what takes 
you know, like what, you know, how do you move from kind of a eight and five division one team that, you know, occasionally sneaks one off of a perennial powerhouse up to a, a Penn state that plays with the big boys. Yeah, or, it, it, it's, you like, know. it's like, it's, it's like, uh, you know, they're like one set forward, but then like one back. So like, they don't like, I guess the traditional saying is like one forward, two back or some shit like that. But like, no, like these teams, they just like, they go up a little, but then they go like right back to where they were. So like, they're not getting any worse as programs. Like they're not, no one's ever like, Oh yeah. Rutgers, they suck or Princeton. They suck. But everyone's like, yeah, they're, they're okay. Like they're a team that, you know, will win, win games, but like, we'll also like lose games. So, um, you know, but you know, Cuse, they're, you know, they're still figuring some, some stuff out. They're still, you know, they're pretty young, um, kid to just keep an eye out on for, for the rest of the season here. So, um, you know, a, a lot of people have Matt Moore from Virginia on their radar already. Just, you know, he, he was one of the best freshmen in the nation last year and he's been crushing it again this year. Uh, but his high school teammate, Jacob Buttermore at Syracuse. So, uh, I mean, this kid's really starting to turn it on this season. He had two goals against Army, followed that up by back-to-back hat tricks against Virginia and Hopkins. So I'm um, pretty sure he's got like nine goals on the year so far. So he's he's been filling the back of the net. Um, you know, so so you've got your your usual like a you know like you, you got Brendan Curry, Bradley Voigt, um, but coming up there, sophomore Jacob Buttermore, a, a kid who can let the ball fly and there's a lot of turning and raking uh that goes on after he he lets the ball out of a stick and you know syracuse is scoring a lot of points from the midfield you know they're a very midfield heavy team you know you know you don't see their attackmen you know nate solomon and stephen rafis you don't see them with you know double digit points yet and there's nothing there's absolutely nothing wrong with that like uh you know i my my high school team was this hugely mid mid um midfield heavy team same with the, the college team you know, there's really nothing wrong with that. If you've got guys that can let it fly, you, you let it fly, but you, you know, you, you center your offense around that. And I think Syracuse is starting to realize that, hey, our shooters are, are the big boys up top and we're going to we're going to let them let it fly. And, we're you know, the attackmen are going to are going to do what they do. Um, but Syracuse is uh, they're They're starting to come together um, like Syracuse does. Um, I definitely have them over Rutgers uh, just you know, I think they're you know, a little bit more experienced and they're playing in the carrier dome. You know, that's, you know, home field advantage, I guess, really matters when you play six games in the fucking dome How, in a row. Like who, who, who the fuck like let that be a thing? Like, I feel like there's gotta be some rule again. Like, well, did they play their first six away last year? Because that would make sense. Uh, I don't know because they, they started all, or maybe it wasn't their first game. Maybe it was their second game, but like, their second game that was the Hoga's first game of college lacrosse when he put up five goals not a big deal um oof, albany having having a rough go at it this season but um but I, yeah i mean dude they'll play seven straight home games um and then the four out of their last five are away but like they still have they still have cornell at home um in the season but yeah they just like I, I feel like I feel like someone should have saw that schedule in like October, November, and been like, "Wait a minute, guys! Like this is a little fucky." Yeah, I mean, they, they might be focused on basketball or something. I guess it's like Syracuse a basketball school. I don't even fucking know, dude. Uh, yeah, I mean, they get, they got Pitt tonight. That'll be a nice little win for them. But uh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, but yeah, I mean, listen, I'm not complaining though because 
the carrier dome it makes for it makes for great television um there, there's always some some magic going on in in the dome there so uh you know it looks good on tv it's it's appealing to the eye so it's i mean it's definitely fucky that they get to not again like maybe they just didn't have buses in the budget or something like that like maybe they yeah were, maybe like, I, I it's syracuse do you guys need some money uh again give you like 20 bucks or 20 helping, bucks or something they're helping out yeah. the environment like they're not they're That's not true. driving they're not using gas so like it they're like a pretty like eco-friendly team um which is like maybe they got like some like tax write-offs for that for being so like environmentally friend friendly. I think that like that's it. I don't know shit about taxes. Like I, I try to pay as little attention to taxes as possible, which is probably not like the best game plan moving forward. That's like, fine. Adult, but like yeah, I feel like taxes are they're mostly like a uh, it's like a, it's it's, you, it's just like, a formality, I guess. Yeah, you're, it's like a suggestion to pay them, but yeah, I agree. Uh, but yeah, so those are those are the games to watch this weekend. Um, there's obviously plenty more lacrosse all over the place. Uh, you know, I think uh, the majority of these games that we uh, that we talked about, they should all be um, they should all be able to stream them somewhere or either on ESPNU. Um, so you know, find yourself some streams, find yourself a bang energy. That's and, right. Find, it, even find if you find yourself a case, you know, drink two or three before one of the games. Yell at the TV a little bit. You know, there's there's really drink, nothing drink, wrong drink with that. Four, you're not driving. That's right. Drink four. You know, it, it, there's. I mean, it says on the label like not to drink more than more than one. But like, you know, rules are made to be broken, and that's you know that, that that's how you make yourself better and you push yourself. Yeah. Uh, And while you are watching the games, make sure if you are not already follow us on Twitter and Instagram, that is at the crease dive on both of those. Um, Let's say we, we we need to get some more, uh, you know, some, some more submissions in there. You know, the high school seasons are starting up. So if the boys are getting rowdy on the sideline, we want to see videos of it. We want to get you guys up on on our social platform. Um, You know, so keep sending highlights, Keep uh, tell your friends to subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe to us on iTunes. I feel like that makes a difference in terms of like rankings and shit like that. Like, if the the boys, the boys want to be buzzing, so we we need your help. So again, bang energy and just smash that subscribe button. Tell all your friends, and most importantly, we're keeping it low to high to the day we die. Can I tell you something just between you and me? When I hear your voice, I know I'm finally free. Every single word is perfect as it can be. And I need you here with me. When you lift me up, I know that I'll never fall. I can speak to you by saying nothing at all. Every single time I find it harder to breathe. Cause I Cause I